morning is going to be a little bit different, uh, as it has been for a while, actually, in that we've been uh, hearing from lots of different people. Uh, we had the panel a couple of weeks ago, which I hear was a brilliant time, just looking at everyday you and being ourselves uh, in a missional context, wherever God places us, whether that's where we live, where we work, uh, who we're friends with, and so on. And... Um, I think as we start to look at Advent, as we start to approach, dare I say it, a new year, another year, there is real anticipation in our city, whether you're aware of that or not. Uh, One of the reasons, as Sarah said, that we are really upping the focus on prayer is because we start a new year where there is going to be a very big mission in our city, in line with the Billy Graham organisation. How many people here know somebody or have heard of someone who became a Christian through Billy Graham. Okay, keep, keep your hand up if that was you. Okay, still a few. Brilliant. Well, Billy Graham uh, died famously a couple of years ago. And when he died, uh, he said, let it be said of me that all that has changed is my postcode, my address. In other words, he knew that he lived on. And he was absolutely confident of heaven. And he spent his working, his adult, his life, really just proclaiming the gospel simply and seeing people's lives dramatically change. No frills. He never got the big bands in, didn't do the big things that we love to do. He kept it very pure, very simple. This is the gospel. You are forgiven. This love is for you if you accept it, and it is yours for eternity. And uh, his son and his uh, grandchildren and the whole family are committed to that legacy of sharing the gospel simply and doing so personal evangelism, but in a mass arena, if you like. So having the personal touch but bringing people together in our case it will be in June next year in the Birmingham National Arena and Franklin Graham uh, Billy Graham's son will be speaking now I know he's been associated with some pretty bad press recently about what's been going on with politics in America but the Billy Graham Association and Andy Mackey who represents us uh, as part of that looking at the city and praying for us next year has just said to remind us that actually American politics and the relationship between the church and politics is very different and we as Riverside Church don't necessarily align ourselves to the politics of Franklin Graham but we do see this as an incredible opportunity for the gospel to be presented to our friends and family so I hope that's clear any questions ask Andy Mackey (laughs) not me (laughs) Um, she passes the buck Lightly. So we're going to just see a short um, video now, which just introduces this campaign and makes us perhaps think personally about our city and the need for this. You know, our mission statement as a church is actually to reflect and transform our city. And I just think I'm so excited for next year. I really, really believe that we better be ready for what God is going to do that the chairs that we see here now that don't have a person sat in them, there might be a person who has found faith through this mission. I really believe for that. So let's, let's watch this video. I think there's a real need for evangelism. So many Christians, let alone non-believers, don't know necessarily what the gospel is. The younger generation is growing up without Bibles in their homes. That's really a serious thing. We don't see that people really have a hunger for really knowing God, a hunger for the truth. 
There's people very lost, there's people searching, but they don't know what they're searching for. We live in a day and age where the church has grown apathetic and we need something to spark the fire. And I can't think of a better tool than to infuse a sense of calling back into the body of Christ. From a skeptic's point of view, they wonder, does mass evangelism work? At the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, we do individual evangelism in a mass setting. We don't just show up to the venue and conduct an event. It starts months in advance. One of our first conversation pieces is, let's begin to form a prayer team. Let's acknowledge the priority of prayer right away so that we lay that key groundwork. I Am Andrew is really the heart of the ministry. Andrew invited his brother Simon to meet Jesus. We're asking people in churches to invite their friends to come and attend the event with them. And then through the Christian Life Witness classes, we hope to give someone the tools to share their faith. And they really began to understand, this is my ministry. This isn't just an event for the community. This is where I have the chance to help impact the people right here, right around me. The training alone that we went through was so helpful. I have skills to share my faith with other people. When we come together at the venue, it's an amazing experience. There's an energy, there's an enthusiasm, there's an excitement. Well, the proclamation of the gospel, this is kind of the pinnacle moment of what we've been preparing for. And then it comes to that point of the message and you hear everybody just kind of settle in and it becomes almost a holy hush as people listen to what he has to say. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, from heaven to this earth to save you. And he died on that cross and he took our sins to the grave. Franklin just tells it straight. This radical, simple gospel has really helped me, knowing I don't need to come up with a new way to share the gospel. I've just got to pray and preach the gospel straight. Tonight, I can tell you right now, God will forgive you. If you're willing to confess your sins to God and ask for his forgiveness and receive his salvation, and if you've never done that, I want you to do that right now. Wherever you are, just get up out of your seat and come stand right down here. So I came up and asked God for forgiveness. And right after that, it was just like tears of joy and happiness that I felt that God forgave me for my sin. It was tangible. God's presence was, it was you could feel him right there next to you. I gave my life about literally 10 minutes ago to the Lord Jesus. And as a weight was lifted off my shoulders, I felt twice as better. I felt like a new man. I was invited here by a friend. I wanted to repent of my sins, so I did go forward. A huge burden was lifted. I'm a whole new person. Now we have hundreds, thousands of new believers. The Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is very committed to making sure that follow-up happens. We continue to work with pastors for weeks and months, making sure that people are becoming involved in the life of a church. Since coming to the Franklin Graham tour, we've seen a city get impacted by the gospel. We saw incredible planning and we saw great follow-up and we saw unity in the body of Christ and the effects afterwards just have continued to spur us on. My heart is full, you know, and I am just so grateful for what God's done. This isn't the end, this is just the beginning. 
It's all about bringing the church together to be about the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ so that Jesus' name is proclaimed all around the globe. That's why we do what we do, and that's what it's all about. church want to get involved? Why wouldn't we in the sense that this is coming? It's happening right here on our doorstep. And we believe, as you will have probably picked up yesterday when we're out there in Bourneville, uh, sharing the good news in different ways, practical ways, through theatre, through relationships, all of that is brilliant, brilliant relational work. But this is an opportunity for proclamation and for actually those who have prayed for us, prayed for us, city over a number of years in the run-up to this to be able to come and share the good news in a different way. And so I, I hope really with this I Am Andrew uh, campaign is that each of us will start to look at the role that we can play in bringing people along uh, next June. Now Andrew, uh, Andy's doing a little bit about this at uh, Mosley this morning. I feel he's got a slight head start there in saying I Am Andrew. Um, because uh, I am not, but um, it, Andrew actually apparently means manly, so Andy tells me, that's very exciting. Um, but it also is a character in the Bible that we don't always get to hear a lot about, do we? There aren't many books written about Andrew the disciple or Andrew the apostle. Uh, we hear all about his brother Peter, and for those of us who've grown up with angelic siblings like myself, that can be quite hard, can't it? That we think, well, hang on, how come that Peter was chosen, he was chosen to, to build the early church? church. What happened with Andrew? Well, Andrew was a whole different character. Let's just look uh, at at a verse in John, only just a a couple of verses uh, in John, the book of John chapter 1 and uh, starting down at verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John had said who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. So Andrew is most famous in the Bible for who he brought to Jesus. That actually for him, he met Jesus, and the first thing that he did, the very first thing, was to go and tell his brother, Now, I don't know about you, but when we start to approach missions or we hear about the kind of bring a friend, can pressure can rise in us, can't it? And you can think, oh, no, what if I haven't got anyone to bring? But would we feel that way if we'd fallen in love this weekend? Would we feel that way if we'd discovered a new recipe or a new cocktail or a a new place to eat or go to? We would share it because we want so much for that person to hear how good it is. And I think as we pray, things will shift for us in the year ahead. So much so that, again, we almost can't help but share. That's our prayer. That it's not, I must do better, because that never really works, does it? But actually, I can't help but share about this. Andrew had met with Jesus. Andrew had been a disciple alongside John the Baptist. So John the Baptist had gone making a way for this Messiah to come. And then suddenly, there he is. 
There he is. And the first thing that Andrew does, having met with the, the, the Jesus, actually is to go and share that with his brother, uh, the person that he was closest to. And we know the story, or if you don't know the story, Jesus looks at Simon Peter. He looks at him and says, come follow me. He says to the two of them, I will make you fishers of men. These are simple fishermen, but he uses their context, going back to our everyday you. He uses the context for their work and says, you will be fishers of men. And he says that over us. I loved the NUMA DVDs uh, a while ago. I know things came into disrepute, but when they were first released, there was this wonderful one that told us that a rabbi uh, used to have an apprentice. And whenever that apprentice was told, come follow me, it actually meant the rabbi saw something in him that said, you will one day be a rabbi. The words, come follow me, simply meant, I see in you what you will one day be. And that's what Jesus says to every single one of us as he chooses us. Come, follow me. So the first thing that Andrew did was to go and find Simon Peter. And because he did that, the early church was built on Peter the Rock, Simon, who changed his name to Peter. Go and find your brother. And just let's look a little bit at this word find. There is something about this mission that God is saying, find the people that you are to bring. As we say, I am Andrew, and as we make that pledge in a few minutes' time, we're saying, I am pledging to look and prayerfully find the people that I need to bring. In other words, it's a pledge to not so much think about our own selves, but actually to think about who God has put in our lives. I was driving to a funeral on Friday that I was taking in Derby in a, a beautiful crematorium there, and a song came on the radio. It's a new Mel C song. I don't know if anyone has heard it. There's nothing against her personally, but the song says... Love yourself above everyone else. And as it was playing, there was just a real sadness in me for her and for the people who are involved with that song that that is the mantra of today's world. And look where it is taking us. Look where it's taking us. Whereas the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. That actually the love we have, that sort of dignity and respect, yes, but actually what about our neighbours? Who can we include in this love? The most important thing that has ever happened in my life was when I met with Jesus. And actually I'm so grateful, as some of you know, to my sister who prayed for me every day for six and a half years until I found him <laughs> uh, or he found me probably closer. So there are people that you have in your friendship group, in your family, who you can bring along and say, we have found Jesus. I want you to do something now for me, and it's a little bit out of our comfort zone maybe, but we need to practice this stuff. So I want you to think of yourself as Andrew and think, how will you tell your story? If you had a match, and my small group will know this, if you had a match in your hand and you had one minute before it burns your 
your fingers to tell your neighbor or your friend what it is that you love about following Jesus. You've got one minute. There used to be a program on television called Just a Minute. I think it's now on the radio. We have that one minute. So if you are willing, turn to the person near to you, next to you. It may even be your husband. It may be your partner. It may be your daughter. I don't know. But somebody near to you, and you have one minute to tell them how it is that you are following Jesus. If you are not yet following Jesus and you don't yet know him, that's absolutely fine. Just listen to that person or talk about what the name Jesus means to you. So just find that person and talk about if it was a gradual thing, you got to know him in Sunday school, that's fine. But this is us practicing, all right, telling the story of Jesus through our personal experience. So go. Just one minute, you might want to swap if you haven't swapped already. Keep going if you need to keep going. Okay, brilliant stuff. You might have to grab them over coffee to hear the ending if you, uh, if you didn't. How many people learned something about the person sitting next to them? <laughs> oh, good. How many learned something more about Jesus? Oh, good, Brian. <laughs> good. So... That's a little bit tricky. Maybe some of you look like you're really enjoying it. Others thought, oh gosh, this is difficult. But we need to kind of develop the muscle, if you like, of telling. That's the first thing that Andrew did. He went to tell. And sometimes we can get our kind of selves in a state about it. But really, all it is is chatting. All it is is just saying, actually, this is so transformational in my life, I can't help but talk about it. As I said, I listened to that Mel C song along my way to a crematorium where we had a service for a 95-year-old woman who had lived her life really to serve the gospel. And a lady stood up at the funeral who isn't a follower of Jesus, was very clear about that, but she said the challenging thing about knowing Hazel and being her friend was that she always put others first, and whenever she phoned you, she wanted to know everything going on for you and celebrate that. In other words, she'd seen the person and nature of Jesus in her friend. And uh, Hazel, uh, for those of you who know Maggie and Alistair, uh, she was uh, Alistair Barr's sister, and um, I prayed with her a week before she died in the home where she was. And what was interesting is that she's a very polite lady, extremely well-mannered, uh, wore elegant gloves always, apparently. And I, I said to her, um, Hazel, I've come to pray with you. And she said, it's not convenient at the moment. I'm so sorry. And I thought, oh, okay, that's a little bit tricky. I've not often been rejected for that, for praying. But um, she said, I need to have a special coffee, which is a Bailey's coffee, apparently. So she she had her special coffee, and uh, then she was ready. And um, I said to her, Hazel, would it be okay to pray with you because you've been quite poorly? And uh, she said, that would be absolutely lovely. And as I prayed, and I would say it's probably one of the top five moments in my life where I've encountered the presence of God, um, I just, the room was just filled with the presence of God and she'd been agitated pulling this wire which wasn't a real wire it was in her mind agitated pulling and pulling and she just laid back like this totally totally serene in fact Maggie came in she said Judy you've killed her which I hadn't um, <laughs> but um, I was absolutely convinced that she'd had an encounter that had prepared her for heaven 
So much so that I said to Nick Cuthbert, who's a lot wiser than me about these things, I said, I've never known anything like that before. And he said, oh, she'll die now, Judy. And a week later to the day, she died. So if we really believe that there is a heaven, and I do, and as a pastor, I've seen glimpses like that. If we really believe it, surely we do want to share the reality of that, the hope of heaven with everybody that is in our lives, as Andrew did with Peter. Billy Graham said this, we are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons this world is heeding. The message preached hasn't changed. Circumstances have changed. Our problems have changed. But deep inside, humanity has not changed. And the gospel hasn't changed. And I I love that because Billy Graham lived simply, he lived humbly, but he lived for the message of Jesus. And I know of people, you know of people whose lives have been transformed by these encounters that are not just about hype. I I remember being taken to uh, a rally when I was younger and thinking, is this all about emotional hype? But seeing something of the work of the Holy Spirit that was fascinating to me as a non-believer and seeing him melt hearts of stone, that's the only way I can describe it. So this is not about a big hype. This is about coming together in the arena with prayer all around us, before and after, and good follow-up. And this happened in Blackpool. It's been happening across our nation. It will do in 2020. And we're just going to watch a second video now where we hear some personal testimony of what went on. When I was about 15, somebody invited me to a Billy Graham event. I remember being so convicted by Billy Graham and what he said. I hadn't heard people talk about Jesus in that way before. It had such a huge impact on me that I gave my life to the Lord at that point. I heard about the Blackpool Festival through working as a radio presenter on Cornerstone Christian Radio. I had two shows per week. We encouraged people to come along and be an Andrew. As people engage with the I Am Andrew program is the fact that you begin to say, okay, here are the people that I need to pray for. Here are the people that I know they don't have that hope of salvation and they begin to just day in, day out, begin to pray and look for opportunity to be able to share their faith with them. I took I Am an Andrew on board by asking the whole of my family to come to the festival. The heart of the festival is the I Am Andrew. That's the personal evangelism. This is the focus of what the festival is all about. People don't really feel that they can share their faith. They don't really feel that people are interested in the gospel. But when they get just intentional about praying for people and saying, how many can I bring along to a Christian event? They start to realize actually people want to hear the gospel. People want to know Jesus and people's lives are changed in the process forever. Prior to the event, my family knew about Jesus, but they didn't know him personally. I invited my entire family to the festival and nine people came and out of that six people prayed the prayer of salvation. So the seeds of the gospel have now been planted in my family's hearts 
It made me feel absolutely thrilled to see that. If somebody had given me a billion pounds, I couldn't have been happier. I felt that the Lord had answered my prayers. I was just ecstatic. from the Blackpool Festival and uh, ours is going to be called the Birmingham Festival, uh, deliberately using the word festival because it's relatable. Uh, mission or rally is quite an old word, but actually festival. Another thing Andrew was known for later in the Gospel of John is he's the guy who brings the packed lunch, uh, the, the fishes and the bread, and sees the little boy and brings the, the packed lunch to Jesus, and 5,000 people are fed, if you know that story in the New Testament. He sees an opportunity and brings them to Jesus. The reason for choosing Andrew as a name is because of that thing of bringing people to Jesus. Also, later on in the book of John, he brought some inquiring Greeks to meet with Jesus, some people who had questions. So he was someone who brought. And that is our commission as we fill in uh, some forms in a moment. That's our challenge. As we say, I am Andrew for the year in the build-up to June what will that be? Who might we bring? And we have God on our side for this, in case you're feeling any pressure rising. Uh, I had my Christmas book club this week, and uh, uh, as some of you know, I intentionally joined that book club uh, over three years ago now to make more friends who were not believers, to get to know people in my area. And since we've been together, there's been one of the women has sadly died, there's been two divorces within the group, uh, there's been illness within the group, and we've grown so so close in fact someone put on the whatsapp this week we're really not a book club anymore we're a group of friends but when we sat there <laughs> this happened twice last year as well uh, one of the ladies said judy isn't it time you invited us to the christmas uh, carol service again <laughs> and i said oh yes it is yes and i haven't got any flyers with me and i thought oh no but they all want to come and they're coming so that's not about me is it but it is about the fact that we're friends and there is prayer going on for that group and it may be that god wants you to make some new friends uh, makes you to perhaps just actually take a bit of boldness to invite somebody new along to church, to a community group, and uh, prepare them for the festival uh, in, um, in June. You'll see on your chair, and there might even be a cheeky pen there as well, um, that what we would love to do as a response to and as preparation for next year is think about this I Am Andrew uh, campaign. Um, because there are two things to say. One is that we will have the Christian Life and Witness course, and you will see this on your card, which uh, we as, as uh, Riverside are going to be involved with on the 8th of February. So we're actually involved in hosting this at Queensbridge School, where people from the Billy Graham organisation will come and help us with the life and witness, with some of those tools that were mentioned in the video there about how to simply share our faith, how to pray a prayer of commitment with somebody, because we assume that people know what to do, but maybe we don't. The other thing to say is that prayer is massive for this, as you would imagine. Uh, the first big prayer meeting, the National Day of Prayer, is on Saturday the 25th of January, 
from 10 until 12 noon at Birmingham City Church. So they're hosting that event, and uh, we'd love it if you're able to go along to that. It's a, it's a national day of praying. And I, I just, I don't know, as I've been praying and thinking about this over the last couple of weeks, I really believe we are going to see our nation transformed in 2020 by this going on across the nation. I was thinking about 2020 vision, and I'm sure many people have uh, drawn that uh, analogy with 2020, the year where perhaps our city sees who Jesus really is uh, for the very first time. So these uh, Christian Life and Witness courses are, are listed here. If you can't make the Riverside one, then go along to one of the others. Uh, they're all listed there. Uh, Renewal has one um, and uh, Life Central over in Hales Owens. So to go along to one of those and be helped with a three-hour session uh, designed to equip Christians to effectively share their faith uh, with others. It's a tremendous tool for renewal and evangelism. So